Do you have a fiction brand for your business? Do you even know the difference between a fiction and a nonfiction brand? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is part of the Digital Toolbox, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, I'm really excited. I have a guest with me, D.P. Knudin, who is the chief collaborator at Collaborator Creative. He is also the author of The Nonfiction Brand, and he's going to explain to us what that means and why you as a business owner should care. He has worked at some of the biggest brands in the business, including Coca-Cola, Athlete's Foot, and Closet Made. During his tenure at DDB Needham in Chicago, McCann, Erickson, and creative shops in Denver, Sarasota, and Madison, Wisconsin. DP, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Lorraine. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited, and I have to ask, because I was running through this list of all these cities you've been in, where are you broadcasting from today? I am just outside the capital city of the state of Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin, in a town called Sun Prairie, which happens to be the birthplace of the artist Georgia O'Keeffe, although nobody here would ever admit it. <laughs> See, now I always think of her when I think of Santa Fe and when I yep. think of, of, of New York City, which were kind of her two haunts back in the day, but who knew she was a Midwestern girl? Well, believe me, she got out of Dodge as quickly as she could because <laughs> Sun Prairie, yeah, nice and sunny on the prairie, and that's about it. So what you're saying is that she built a brand for herself that reflected her New York style and her Santa Fe style and really kind of clouded away or hid some of the other parts that were no longer relevant to the brand she was building. You know what, Lorraine? I think you're right on. And she's actually displaying what I like to call selective authenticity, which is she's absolutely true to who she is, what she does, and how she does it. She just leaves out parts that she didn't want people to know about. The fact that she's from Podunk, Wisconsin, eh, didn't make the cut. I think as you're building a brand, it is about what you want people to know and think about you. But I want to step back and have you define for me the whole fiction brand, nonfiction brand. I never thought of my brand as literature. Well, you know, the, the whole idea of nonfiction branding came about because I was working at McCann Erickson in Atlanta, Georgia on Coca-Cola. And I would regularly have my butt handed to me if what I wrote did not communicate three core concepts. And those concepts were authenticity, refreshment, and sociability. And I could go on for two hours about what those words mean, but for, let's just say that they've been very, very assiduously guarding their brand because they understand one key thing about their brand. Their brand, in fact, is not a brand. It's a commodity, their product anyway, mm -hmm. because they're a cola, they're sweet, brown, bubbly water. Guess what? There are a number of sweet brown bubbly waters out there they compete with, including one that they beat nationwide by only one year. Coca-Cola was uh, established nationwide in 1886. In 1887, this other brand came up called Pepsi. So what's the difference between Pepsi and Coke? Well, 
you know the brand has a difference if you ever go to a restaurant and the server says, when you try to order a Coca-Cola, I'm sorry, we only have Pepsi products here. And then you hear someone at your table say, oh, that's okay, I'll just have water. Are you telling me there's that big a difference? Okay, so Lorraine, are you one of those people? I'm actually one of those people because I think that Pepsi is a little sweeter. Exactly. And, I, and, and so it's not it's not my taste. I, I prefer a little bit less on the sugar or less on the sugar flavor. I'm not sure that either of them are lower in sugar. Right. And so if you compare them strictly on characteristics like flavor profile, you can get very scientific and say there is a difference. Mm -hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, if you're having a hot dog at a baseball game, (laughs) are you really not going to get a Pepsi if they only have Pepsi and you want a cola? Well, a lot of people will not take Mm -hmm. that alternate brand because they have such a deep brand affinity with what I would call a nonfiction brand. Now, again, Why do I call Coca-Cola a nonfiction brand? Look at those words, authenticity, refreshment, and sociability. They are authentic. In fact, if you're old enough, you remember when they were uniformly the real thing. Mm -hmm. That was their tagline, but that's also the way they rolled. They were the real thing. You you don't change stuff. In fact, they got their butts handed to them Mm -hmm. when New Coke came out in the 80s And because they were reacting to the flavor profile of Pepsi, they thought people preferred sweeter. So they came out with a sweeter version of Coke. And what did the marketplace do to them? Remember this, I remember uh, because I was in grad school at the time, right. right, right after this whole thing. And we argued for months as to whether it was deliberate that they rolled it out to remind us how much we loved them or whether it really was just stupid and somebody lost their way. Well, the conspiracy-minded among us would say, huh, it strangely coincided with their shift from cane sugar to high-fructose corn syrup as a sweetener. Mm -hmm. I personally don't believe that. I believe they were reacting to something that was very effective in the marketplace, which was Pepsi's taste challenge. Remember Mm -hmm. the Pepsi challenge? The brand new Mall of America where they stopped people and had them try both and people preferred the taste of Pepsi and the, and Coke, guess what? Coke did that research and they found out the same thing. They preferred the taste, the initial sip mm-hmm. of Pepsi, but the same way that I prefer the slightly more acidic bite of a Coca-Cola Mm-hmm. That works better with food, especially foods with heavy fats, you know, like uh, barbecued ribs or pizza and stuff like that. It literally scrapes the fats off your tongue so you can get more flavor of everything involved. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between those two brands? The fact that they are brands. Why do we pay more and not sell, settle for Sam's Cola or whatever is being sold at Walmart? Well, because I have certain lines for myself that I do not cross. And one is (laughs) I I will buy full bore Coca-Cola or I will buy no soft drinks Mm -hmm. for me. And again, Coca-Cola was interested in making people understand that if you're having a Thanksgiving dinner, you better have some Coke. Why? Sociability. Mm -hmm. We drink Coke when we're together with friends and family. And even if you don't drink the soft drink yourself, Someone in your extended family probably does. And to be a good host or hostess, you got to at least have it on offer. Mm -hmm. So 
as you're, and I, I love the Coke example because I definitely lived it, but as I'm thinking about this as a small business owner, right? if I, I want to create a brand that is a nonfiction brand, a brand that is true and authentic, what do I do? Well, the first thing you do is take a hard look in the mirror and go deeper beyond the surface to discover exactly who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Because those three things right there are your brand proposition, which is, this is who I am, what I stand for, what I will not do, what I will do, the service that I will provide, et cetera, the, uh, the things that are absolutely fundamental to who I am, because that's what makes me different than someone who does the exact same thing across the street. So let, let's just uh, take an example of people who repair cars, auto mechanics, or, you know, uh, body shops, you know, uh, auto repair shops, you know, that type of thing. Why do you go to one, but not the other? Well, you can say I go to the one that's cleaner work because I feel safer and all that stuff. Yeah. And that works until they do what they did to me one time, which was not tighten my oil filter enough. And so the oil came out and I got a brand new engine in my car. Thanks to them. I got a brand new engine, but they lost a customer for life. Instead, I started reaching out to family and friends saying, hey, I want to get an oil change, not from a quickie lube or something like that. I want to go to someone who's good. And when you have three friends tell you the same person, that's when you know, okay, I'm going to someone who knows what they're doing. Now, if this someone had had branded themselves so they had a bigger profile, maybe I wouldn't have had to ask my friends and family. But let's face it. In our crowded environment for marketing, what's better than a first-person recommendation from friends, family, and trusted uh, colleagues? Absolutely. And I think when you have a very clear brand, it's much easier for people to recommend you. When you're clear on who you are, the messaging gets really clear. Okay. Are you ready for a little portmanteau, a little bit of a TM at the end of a word? Let's go for it, and then we'll wrap it up. All right. What is your brandle? What is your brand handle? So picture, if you will, a suitcase that doesn't have a handle on it. And inside that suitcase is everything you love, everything you hate, where you went to school, your experience, your expertise, your prejudices, the fact you love dogs, the fact that you go skiing in Colorado every winter. All of those facts exist within that big, heavy Mm -hmm. suitcase but your suitcase doesn't have a handle on it. If you have a handle, you can pass off all that information a little bit at a time to someone who says, oh, you got to talk to this guy because he loves everything you do. It's like, what do you mean he loves everything I do? Well, first, you got to meet him because of these three things. You know, like, I'm not telling you that I live in some prairie until like the third date or something (laughs) like that. But think about it. The first date, what's the goal of a first date? Get invited to get a, a second one. To get a second one. <laughs> so what is that information in that brand handle that gets you that second date? What is that information? In the case of the uh, automobile repair shop that I talked about, it would be, oh, you know what? They're a little bit scruffy, but that's because they do the work themselves. And they're all certified mechanics. And don't be upset if he comes in and his hands are a little dirty. 
that's because you're talking to the owner who works on every car himself. It's like, wow, the owner works on every car himself. You just gave me a brand handle, a brandle. And that's why I might seek you out. I love that. And with that, I'm going to wrap and I'm going to say thank you so much for stopping in. And I really want to encourage everybody who's listening to check out your website. There will be a link to it from the show notes and encourage them to look for your nonfiction branding book because we barely scratched the surface of this. Oh, topic. you aren't kidding. There's 250 <laughs> pages of goodness in there. And I guarantee you it's got the same type of energy and passion coming at you like a double barrel shotgun. So check it out at amazon.com. Awesome. We'll have the link to both your website and the Amazon site. If you've enjoyed today's conversation and you'd like to find other resources for your business, be sure to check out digitaltoolbox.club. Look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.